Welcome to another episode of my podcast. This is Julie's story, and this is the place where I tell you real life stories. I keep it real in the journey while being a boss babe, married, mother of two, blended family. There's a lot going on over here, and I'm so glad that you're here. Oh my gosh, it's my birthday week. Still, still, I'm like letting myself be that person that like celebrates forever. You know those friends that have birthdays in December and they have to like constantly remind you it's their birthday. I'm letting myself be that person this week, especially because I'm doing a giveaway for my birthday, giving away a brand coaching package, which I'm so excited about. Enter, please. I would love for a podcaster to win. Oh my gosh. Which speaking of podcasts, Gosh, like we hit 2,000 listens. Like I feel like it's we, like me and you, girl. Like we hit that. We did that together. (laughs) And I'm so like, I couldn't even make a graphic for it because we've already gone over 2,000 listens. And I'm just like, my jaw is on the ground. Like I, there's not enough imaginary pearls that I could clutch to tell you the shock that I am at. So I just want to say thank you again for being here with me this past week has been full of greatness. Um, Obviously, I think birthdays, every time there's a birthday, it's like, it can either be one thing. It can either be absolutely crazily awful because there's so much expectation and there's like tears. Definitely have had birthdays like that. Or it can be like amazing just because like you're filled with gratitude and you're like, you know, you're in a good place mentally. It's like, okay, so that's what this year was for me. But I wanted to talk today about like, Oh gosh, there's some stuff that I've been thinking about with like mental health and anxiety. And I just wanted to share some of my story because I needed to hear somebody tell me this story. So I'm going to tell it because, oh my gosh, like this past couple years, you know, to 2018, the year of Cray, um, it was, it was crazy. It was actually the first time that I ever had an anxiety attack. Okay, and I I didn't know what this was and I didn't even let myself acknowledge the fact that I had anxiety or struggled with anxiety because it was just communicated to me for so long by Christian culture that anxiety was just like a sin, it was bad, it was wrong. And so if you were feeling anxious at all, it meant that you were not in a good place with God. And like, I realize now looking back at my life, like I have struggled with anxiety my whole life. Like, and I, I didn't know it. I just thought like the way that I think is generally how people think. And apparently it's not, apparently this is not like a, like quote unquote normal way to process information. And I say that now because after I had an anxiety attack, um, actually after I had my second anxiety attack, I started researching anxiety because, let me tell you, I was laying in bed and my heart started palpitating, which is a very like common thing. It's actually happened to me before. My heart started palpitating. It kind of freaked me out because it wasn't going away. And it was like a week after Andre and I had gotten married. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of stuff going on, like leading up to a wedding and like getting married. There's so much excitement and greatness, but there's all these like little factors that were going on. And like looking back at it now, I can see why maybe my heart was palpitating. Like there's a lot going on. I wasn't drinking no water. Like it just was a lot. So... I was going to this conference like 
literally we got back from our honeymoon and I was leaving for a conference like a day and a half later. And like this particular conference had a no cancellation policy. Like I had spent a good amount of money and this conference, like I wrote them and said like, Hey, listen, I didn't know I was going to be getting married. Like, you know, is there any way that I can get a refund or like sell my ticket? And they were like, absolutely not. You can do nothing. So I had to go and it's not that I didn't want to go. It's just that I was like newlywed and I didn't want to like leave. But anyway, my heart started palpitating and my dad picks me up early in the morning to go to the airport and like it's palpitating, it's palpitating. I don't know what's going on. It like won't go away and like I had never experienced that before like that. Like it was just not going away. I had had my heart like skip a beat or whatever. So it started to freak me out. So I was like, dad, like let's just stop by the ER so that like I'm not in the plane and like if something's going on, like we need to know. So poor Andre. (laughs) gets a text he like he's married for less than a week he gets a text on his first day back to work after honeymoon and I'm like hey babe I'm in the ER like I'm like oh he was like that was not a fun moment for him he's like I just got married and you're in the ER oh my gosh like he was freaking out so I go to the ER and like everything was fine he's like hey you know your heart's gonna be a beat it's it's a normal thing it'll probably go away soon and it lasted for an entire week so like I've had heart palpitations before but this time, my first anxiety attack, I'm like laying in bed and I, I feel my heart palpitating. And like, I remember this like thought entering my mind, like something was wrong, like what's going on. And I started like being aware of the thoughts that were going on inside of my mind. And um, my body decided to completely disconnect from what my mind was thinking. And my body started freaking out, essentially. And I had no idea what was going on. This is one of the reasons why I'm telling this story. Because I had never heard of anybody having an anxiety attack before. I had no idea what an anxiety attack was. I had heard people talking about panic attacks. And like right now where the state of our culture is, mental health needs to be at the forefront of conversations. Like this is not something to gloss over. Like so many people are struggling. So many people are having a hard time. So many like entrepreneurs are really struggling with anxiety because it is a lot, like it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of hustle. And like now with like the pressure of you know, like social media and all these things that we don't realize we're collecting. We we have a collection of expectations on ourselves and we don't realize like how much pressure we put on ourselves. And then like when other things are happening in your life, like I don't know, rainy seasons of like really, really, really big emotional things. I'm not talking about like losing mismatched socks here. Okay. I'm talking about those big things. And by the way, I remember when I, and I told you, I like, I I have been through some stuff. Okay. Like look at my Instagram. You can see the pretty pictures, but like, I want to share the pretty and the gritty. Okay. Like that's what I want to be about. And I want to share both because it's not fair to create these imaginations of what life is like. And then you have all these beautiful souls looking in the window of your social media or what you share. And they're like, girl, you haven't got it all together. Like your life is perfect. All this stuff. And it's like, it's not. It's not, and it's okay because we're all in journey, so that's what you're going to get here, okay? The pretty and the gritty, all of it. So um, I remember when I was processing my divorce when I was 23 years old, I had two kids. I had nothing, girl, nothing. No car, no bank account. I had a few bags that I packed 
from Denver to fly to Florida. I was with my family. Like, I had nothing, nothing. And I remember processing the divorce and like being a single mom and being a newly divorced Christian woman and feeling like I had this scarlet letter on me. And I remember being inside these communities of women and I would scroll and look and they would be like, and it's, it's nothing against them. It was where they were at in their journey, but I was having a really hard time dealing with looking at other people's journeys because I was in the middle of what felt like hell. Like it felt terrible. And and the only thing that I saw, the only thing that I saw during that time on social media, in private social media groups, I would see women posting about, never forget this one moment, this darling woman posted about her dog. And like at the time I wasn't a dog owner. Now I get it. I get it now because Luz Goose, who is sleeping in our clean laundry right now because she's the queen and she thinks towels are way more comfortable than like anywhere else in the whole house. But at the time I didn't, I wasn't connected to an animal like I am now. So I'm not going to hate, I'm not going in hard to hate on this. But what I was seeing was like this one particular moment where she was really upset because she was going to have to like get rid of their family dog and like it was really going to affect their kids and it was like it was like her moment it was her moment that was really hard and like now now from now being on the other side of of everything I walked through I really 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 believe that pain is pain like we should never enter anybody else's story and judge their pain and say well that's not pain enough that's not pain enough your pain is not as big as my pain but I remember in that moment I started crying because I was like I I couldn't I I couldn't even imagine or fathom a moment where the biggest thing that was going on in my life was that I was going to have to get rid of a dog. Like I was like please let me one day cry about a dog. Like I wish that that was the biggest thing that I was dealing with. And I was 23, I was so young. I was just like such a baby. And I was had babies since I was babies and I was like oh, it was so much but like at the time I just couldn't I couldn't see beyond my own story and it felt like it felt terrible to feel like the only the only worst thing in someone's life that I can see right now the only thing that's in front of me is somebody struggling with their family pet which now I'm like that's a big deal y'all because Lucy um almost died twice in 2018 okay to add insult to injury our little darling, like emotional therapy pet who has helped us all with our anxiety. She, um, she decided it was going to be a really wise decision. Um, and I, you know, I don't judge her for this, but it was expensive. She decided to climb up on the couch, climb up onto the counter and eat an entire bowl of dark chocolate. Um, dove dark chocolate which I mean can you blame her but we came home and there's all these wrappers all over the floor and the first thing I think of is like oh my gosh this dog is going to die and I was a hot mess I couldn't even deal with it and I like I had my moment where I was like I was waiting for that to be the biggest thing that was going on in my life and I came to it I reached in 2018 because I was a hot mess thinking about this dog dying and I was like Andre I cannot even go to the vet like I can't I can't even deal with it. We're, you know, and we, we were just, Andre and I didn't want to let the kids know how serious it was. We're like, okay, you know, Andre took the dog to the emergency vet. 
when she got there, they were like, yeah, so her heart's already responding to the caffeine. They had to pump her stomach. It was terrible. So glad we had our emergency savings because that was not a cheap visit. Literally three weeks later, she found chocolate again that was hidden underneath my son's bed that had been there for six months. This this dog went, found it, chewed open a plastic container because she already had the ch- taste of the chocolate goodness. So she knew what it tasted like. We had to do that whole scenario again. Anyway, so I get I get it now. I get the dog love now. But at the time, I was just like, oh my gosh. Like I, I wished that that was the biggest thing that was going on in my life. It wasn't. Like that was like... It felt like it paled in comparison to the amount of trauma that I was processing. And I'm not going to downplay my trauma or downplay her trauma. I'm going to acknowledge and respect them both as traumatic. But at the time, I had a hard time doing that. Okay. So um, so I have been through some things that have been crazy. <laughs> and so when this heart palpitating thing like came up, and I realized that um, that this was happening. You know, I had been through that time. I went to the hospital. Heart palpitating happened, and then, um, you know, I'm laying in bed and my heart starts palpitating again. And this was this was years later. Like Andre and I have been married almost four years, so it was three and a half years later. So my heart starts palpitating. And in my mind, I know it's because I had too much coffee or I didn't drink enough water. But like this thought comes in my mind where I all of a sudden get afraid that something bad's happening to my body. So I recognize the thought and immediately I start telling myself, no, you're fine. I know what this is. You didn't drink enough water, that kind of thing. But my body at that moment, this is in the middle of the night, it starts shaking and my legs start quivering. I start feeling flush. I start feeling hot and cold, like back and forth. So then my symptoms start, you know, start getting worse. And the only thing I can think of is, oh my gosh. And I'm feeling like, I'm feeling anxious just talking about this. Like, whoa, that's so weird. It's so weird. Like how your body has like these moments. And then when you like, when you bring them out again, sometimes your body like connects to that trauma again it's like no like we're good like we're sitting at the table we got our coffee here we are podcasting like we are fine girl but my body starts experiencing all these things and I have no idea what it is and I immediately start like praying and I wake up Andre and I'm like listen I don't know what's going on with my body right now I am feeling really like all these things I'm feeling and he like, you know, he immediately starts like praying and he's like, you know, it's okay. And he starts, he always like puts his hand like on my shoulder, like on my arm and he just like, he helps to tell my body what to do. Like, it's okay. Like calm yourself down. And so I started experiencing all these things and like, I didn't know what it was and like in my mind like I was sitting there my mind was blank I wasn't like think overthinking anything I was just feeling these things in my body and as I was feeling more and more and more it was getting worse and worse because what happens is you believe your body there's something wrong and then if you believe something wrong then you think there's something else wrong and it's like this weird twisted thing and I thought it was like a spiritual attack I really did and I'm not gonna say that anxiety isn't a spiritual thing or it is a spiritual thing. I'm not going to say that 
I'm not going to say one way or another because honestly, I don't know to the entirety. But what I do know is that our bodies and our souls are really, really connected. And what, what I do know is that it feels awful to be experiencing something in your body and feel spiritual shame about it. Because now you feel like, well, did I agree with the devil somewhere? Or like you start analyzing your own spiritual experience and you start analyzing your own spiritual DNA and you start looking for the faults in your own connection with God and then you start associating, I'm experiencing these spirit these spiritual and physical symptoms because I did something wrong. I must have agreed with something wrong or I shouldn't have thought that or like all these things which makes it worse. Like it makes it a million times worse because now you're trying to like solve your trying to heal your spiritual self in the middle of a moment. And and then you don't want to talk about it because after it happens you feel like you're going to be judged for it or like people are going to think that, oh my gosh, like you struggle with anxiety. So, so you are not as spiritual and you have something wrong with you. And like people that don't understand anxiety, they don't understand what's going on physically. And I didn't understand what's going on physically. I didn't understand what was going on in my brain either. And I'm still in journey to understand. Okay, like I am going to counseling today to help me take care of me and that's what I'm doing to love me and that's what I'm doing to help myself in life so that I can live fully and vibrant and amazing and all these things so I can understand myself better but after the first anxiety attack I didn't even like look it up I did zero research on it because I just thought this was a spiritual attack like um I was just being attacked spiritually and you know like all I have to do is just pray and then, you know, that it'll fix everything. And it's, I, I do believe, like, I believe in communion with God. I believe that you can connect yourself with God and that prayer is such a powerful thing and prayer is awesome. And also counseling is awesome. Okay, like, I need Jesus and an actual counselor and a therapist. And I also need Jesus and I need the wisdom of Jesus to learn about my body so that I can understand what is going on. So I can better step into a situation from an educated place, hello, to take control over what is going on. And, like, I, this is a place I've seen a huge lack a huge lack and like i i really believe that we know in part right so like we don't know everything like even the most amazing like prophetic people on earth we know in part i have been through a four-year school i have a bachelor's degree in christian leadership and ministry i have spent hours Oh, I can't even remember in my post that I posted about my graduation on Instagram, I added up the amount of hours, education on spiritual things and all these different things that I have, like I have put myself in a position to learn. And there was still a lack in that education because it did not cover everything. It couldn't. I mean, a four-year school could not cover everything. And one of the places that I and Andre and I both feel like there was a like a lack is just identifying and acknowledging body 
and what happens in a body and like mental health and those types of things and yes like they went over amazing extraordinary like leadership things like i am transformed because of that school i there will not be a day you will ever hear me say that school did not completely and totally change me in the best way but i come out of that school like now with another perspective of like it wasn't everything and you can be the most saved person in the history of life and still have stuff to learn. And like I wish that I had taken this more seriously up until this point. Like I'm 31 now. I wish I'd taken mental health more seriously. And I wish that my friends or like in culture and society when I heard people say like I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with anxiety. Like I wish that I hadn't judged them in the way that I had before. And like, that's what I will straight up admit. Like when I used to hear people talk about mental health and like different things that was going on, I immediately went into over-spiritualizing it instead of, instead of listening with love and compassion and learning. And this is the one thing that I see, especially with millennials right now and in cultural culture is that people love to speak into things that they have not sat down with somebody who's experienced those things and asked questions and asked and educated themselves. Instead, they want to look in on someone else's story and judge them, which shout out to me, I am guilty of that. And that's where I can acknowledge that in myself and say, you know what, I'm not showing up in my life like that anymore. I'm not going to show up with that immaturity anymore. And that's not fair. And like where we do that in our life and in our culture and even in our own story, like we judge ourselves so harshly and then we create more anxiety or more frustration or more depression, all these things because we judge ourselves instead of sitting with ourselves in our own story and going, girl, you've been through some things and you know what? I am not surprised I got to anxiety attack mode after what I have been through. It is not surprising at all. Like I can look at what I went through and go, well, no wonder. It's not a wonder I got to anxiety attack one. And it's definitely not a wonder that I got to anxiety attack two because there was so much stuff going on. I couldn't even process it all. It was like a new trauma was happening every single day. It was like when you like having your plate full and like being served an elephant, like on top of your plate already been full. And like I heard back in the day, someone say like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? But honey, my mouth was full. I was so full. Like I couldn't take any more. And so like the overflow was an anxiety attack. And like, There's a big difference, I feel like, from like having like having anxious moments or like having anxiety. And like I feel like I found a little bit more research on anxiety after the anxiety attack to happen. And I would definitely not recommend looking up researching anything about anxiety attacks while you're in the middle of an anxiety attack. Okay, because the symptoms of anxiety will duplicate many, many, many other awful, terrible things and it will make it 10 times worse. But being aware of like of it and what it is and like how it manifests in your body is helpful because if it happens, you're like, oh, this is what it is. So the second time I had an anxiety attack, I decided to to do something a little bit different. Like I prayed and like, I started imagining myself with God and that immediately 
calmed my body. Like it was like instantaneous calmness. And I just started engaging my imagination and imagining myself with God. And I was there and I felt better. My body started to slow down and then the symptoms would come back. And so I just, I sat there in that moment with myself and just kept like imagining and just like using my imagination to engage. And after a while, cause this one lasted for a while, um, I decided to like look up what is actually happening. And I found the symptoms were an anxiety attack. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this makes so much sense. And I really, the next day, I remember recording a whole story about this happening and I deleted it because I felt, again, like I felt so much shame and I felt so much condemnation about experiencing this because I felt like it was a direct reflection of my my connection with God and because that's what I was told, that's what I that's what I thought was real and it's not. And so when I was researching I was researching um oils, different oils you can do for anxiety and um I found out some information that anxiety is a it's an over um active part of the brain. So there's a part of the brain that um that is operating in a different way than most people and it's a very um obviously important part of the brain first of all but one that will cause kind of the worst case scenario thoughts to be brought to the forefront faster or more um prevalent than than other people and i finally felt like oh my gosh like it's not that there's something wrong with me or I have a, you know, all these like crazy spiritual things going on. Like there's a part of my brain that is functioning in a way it doesn't need to be. And now that I understand that I can come together with God, with various different things like, you know, oils or baths, and I can use wisdom to help calm myself. And instead of instead of feeling so much shame and condemnation and, and every time I felt anxious, instead of just like hating that I was doing that or whatever, I can now come at it educated with wisdom and say, you know, I don't have to feel this way. Okay, this is what's going on in my mind right now. And I can, um, I can choose to take authority educated. <laughs> like mind blown nobody ever told me to do this and in my research and in just understanding various moments in my life and understanding the people around me and just the struggles of of other friends that I see online or like people are starting to to be honest with their stories and it's helping other people have freedom in the middle of their stories and it's helping other people not feel alone but you know I used to see these bigger moments, these bigger highs or these bigger lows in people's lives. And I used to process everything through the lens of um, just one way. It had to be one way. It had to be like this. This is the way I saw it. And now I feel like I've stepped back and I'm, I'm allowing myself to see things differently. And it's helping me connect to more people. And this is something that Andre and I talk about a whole lot. One of the reasons that we talk about this is because, you know, being in a mixed relationship, we have the opportunity to get to know each other's perspective and each other's experiences 
um, in culture in a really amazing, profound, intimate way. And we have these amazing conversations about about race and about justice and about equality and about all these incredible topics that are really tough and that have a lot of pain points connected to them. And inside of our relationship, we're able to talk about just a lot of different topics. And one of the things that I have really learned in, in particularly in just um, having a lot of friends that are really diverse and in being married to a man who has a very different world experience than I do is that if we can sit down with somebody in the middle of their story and we can listen without uh, presumption and if we can ask questions not to prove anything to ourselves, not to prove ourselves right, not to prove our own perspective. But if we can listen inside the the sacredness of somebody else's journey, we can be completely and totally radically transformed because we're able to get another person's perspective. And it is so not fair to show up in the middle of anybody else's story and to judge or to present assumptions and I think even with some of these really big really tough social justice issues that are very much at the forefront of our culture right now it's really really hard to see individuals um, speaking about somebody else's pain and somebody else's journey without ever having sat down and talked to them. And like that's where I, in the, even in the middle of my pain, I was wrong to judge somebody else's pain of their dog. That was wrong. It was wrong for me to even think for a second that was less than my pain. I hadn't sat with her in the middle of her story. I hadn't listened to their journey of getting that dog or what that dog represented to her. All I saw was my pain. All I saw was my journey. And I just felt like, well, there's no way that that pain is the same as mine. And although there are definitely, there's definitely um, huge things that happen in people's lives, but the way that each of us process it individually is still huge. And like, I try to remember this even with my children, like their kids, yes, but in the middle of their story right now, the things that are happening, their little tiny social injustices, their little tiny dramas of girlfriends or guy friends or whatever it is that they're dealing with, it's one of the biggest things in their life. Their world is their peer group. And it would it's not fair to belittle that even, even though they're children. They're still experiencing moments and trauma and they're still learning how to have relationships and they're still still learning how to have a voice in the middle of peer pressure and all those things. Those are big things. Those are big things that they're, that they're walking through. And so I think um, especially now having gone through so many different things and, and you know, I, I'm hearing for the first time um, some stories from a black American man who I'm married to. I mean, he's Haitian, Puerto Rican, but he was born in America. Um, I'm hearing things from his perspective that I've never had a chance to sit down with somebody in, in that way and hear their story and hear a story in, in that great of depth and those kinds of things. You know, I've heard stories of friends before, but 
when you're in a long-term intimate relationship, you know, there's more things that come out and there's more, there's more to kind of uncover and unveil. And it is very different from my experience. And, um, I think one of the things that I, um, that I've really loved is being able to sit with him and hear his heart and hear his journey and be able to sit there in the middle of his story and, um, and say to his heart, that's not right. And that's not okay. And I'm sorry that you had to experience that. And, you know, what can we do as culture? What can we do as a community? What can I do as a wife, as a friend to like love you in that space where you've experienced pain or you've been, you've experienced somebody treating you differently because of the way that you look. And, you know, he's been able to sit with me and have those, that same dialogue, like, like, I'm sorry that you've been treated that way because you're a woman, because people have underestimated you, because, you know, all these different things and, and being in the middle of each other's stories and really honoring and validating them and, and not, um, not dismissing them because they're different from our experience. And I think that's one of the things that's really important when we're starting about talking about the topic of mental health and we're talking about anxiety or depression and those types of things that it's not okay to dismiss somebody else's experiences because we don't understand them and because we've never experienced them. And if we've never experienced them, if we've never experienced some of these topics that have come up and come out, like what are we doing to educate ourselves about somebody else's experience? Are we sitting down? Are we having coffee? Are we sitting with, with friends and family in the middle of our living rooms and saying, tell me what this is like for you. What is depression like for you? What does it feel like? Like, I don't want to come into your world and tell you what you should and shouldn't do. I don't want to come into your world and tell you, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, when I went to lunch, um, with Andre this past week for my birthday, um, we were sitting down at our table and I saw from the back, there was this individual who had kind of like shoulder length hair, but it was really, really matted. I mean, it was so matted and so knotted. And the first thing that I thought, and I couldn't tell because I just like glance, you know, when you like glance at someone like the corner of your eye and they were wearing like a cheetah jacket type thing. So I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman because the hair length and like, I wasn't like staring at them. I just saw the back of longer hair, matted cheetah jacket. And I was like, I don't, it could be either or I don't know. And I'm kind of, I was kind of walking by. But the first thing I thought of when I saw that matted hair, I thought, oh my gosh, I wonder if, like, I wonder if they've been depressed. And I wonder if like, this is like, they're like, this is the first time that they've been out in a really long time. And like, I immediately felt compassion. I did not judge the mat at all. I just thought, oh my gosh, like, I hope that, I hope that, um, if they, like, if they are, if they have been depressed or like whatever, that like that they're feeling great right now. You know, I was like, I was just happy that they were out and I don't know that person's story. I don't know. And as you know, we ended up sitting like somewhere nearby and it was a gentleman and he kind of had that rock star look like he had the goatee and he had like a, you know, he, he looked like a rocker when I saw the front, like, so I was like, Oh, maybe that's just his jam. And like, he's got, you know, he's got his style, he's rocking his style. But like, I, 
I realized that that might not be everybody's first thought. That might not be everybody's first assessment. And like, especially in the past couple years of like what I've been through. I will never, ever look at anybody and judge them the way that I used to before the last two and a half years of my life. Like, I, I cannot believe how much maturity walking through hell has like spanked me and raised me up. Okay, like God took me through some things, opened my eyes and corrected the heck out of me because I used to look at situations and think things about people that were none of my business. First of all, what people think of you is none of your business. And second of all, like thinking crazy things about somebody else is none of your business either. You know, like it's not fair to to look at somebody and assess and judge and especially like what we've been through. There's some choices that we've had to make as a family that were very difficult and really big choices. And I'm sure that people looked in on our life and judged the heck out of us when they saw us out and about, when they saw various choices that we were making, but they didn't know what was going on behind closed doors. And I'll never forget, I after I'd been through um, about six months of almost crying daily, I saw this like BuzzFeed article pop up in my newsfeed and it was this gentleman and he had this like big like life-size, it wasn't a life-size, it was kind of like a, it's probably like a two or three foot size doll. Um, it was kind of like a little bit of a creepy looking doll and um, he didn't like, he was sitting there in an airplane and this doll was sitting in the seat next to him. And this was essentially an article of, of the internet ripping this guy to shreds. Like, what are you doing with this doll? Like, all this craziness. And, like, there was no... His story didn't show up in that. It was kind of like just, you know, somebody snuck a picture of him on an airplane and then he got internet shamed out the wazoo. And when I saw that, I thought, what if his daughter was, like, dying of cancer and, like, her last wish was to take her, you know, take her doll Genevieve and fly her, you know? Like, what if that was, like, a thing? Like, what if he was doing that for a reason we don't know? And, like, granted, there's some people out there that are making really creepy decisions. Like, check your discernment. Like, keep your discernment on. Okay, like, let's not turn off our brain. But also, sometimes we don't know the full story, we just don't. And like, there are people that are going through, like, you know, people right now that are in the middle of the worst season of their life and you would never know it because of shame, because they're afraid of people's judgments, because they show up on Instagram with their selfies and their little, you know, coffee and they're like, hashtag Jesus. And they are crying their eyes out. And I can tell you that because that was me. And I did all of that. And I didn't let my tribe know that I was in the middle of the worst times of my life. And I would post my picture from, you know, 10 days ago and write out. And I wasn't trying to be fake. I just didn't know how to show up in the middle of my story. And like, I'm not even going to judge myself for that. I'm going to say I didn't know how to show up in the worst pain that I've ever experienced in my entire life I didn't know how to show up in the middle of my story in the middle of that pain with with in the way that I am now and it took me walking that story out and it took me 
like seeing where I was judging people and seeing where I was judging myself and experiencing these low, low moments of having anxiety and, you know, anxiety attacks to like acknowledge this is where I'm really at. And like, how am I helping myself by not showing up real? And how am I helping the other business owners around me by not showing the journey? What is that doing for anybody? It's not helping anyone. And so if I have to walk through it and I've got to walk through the valley and I am knee deep in crazy amount of ashes and mud and I've got my freaking sword drawn. If I have to walk through that valley, then I am going to take out the enemy as I go and I am going to call out as loud as I can as I'm walking through so that the babes behind me can hear, we're going to get through this. Like, it's okay. You're going to walk up here. Oh, there's thistles right here, honey. You might get scratched, but you know what? I got scratched too. It's okay. It's going to heal on the other side. And you know, we got our swords drawn. Nope. Bring your sword back out because we're in the middle of this and we're not going to stop. We're not going to sit down in the valley. We're going to keep walking. And you know what? We're going to get to the other side. And when we're on the other side, we're going to rinse off our rain boots we're going to, we are going to look back. We're going to honor every single time that we fell down. We're going to honor every single scratch. And we're going to say, you know what? It doesn't matter. I still showed up. I still showed up. And so in the middle of my story, when it was the worst moments of my life, I was still trying to show up. I was still trying to be there. I just didn't know how to do it unmasked because I was so freaking terrified of being seen Because if I was seen, and I was seen in the middle of my journey, and I was seen in the middle of my pain, and I was seen in the middle of my process, would I be accepted? Would people want to hire me, hello, if they knew I was going through crap? Would they think that I was good at my job? Would they think that I was good at helping other people if I was in the middle of helping myself out? And you know what? At the end of the day, if you can show up transparent and you can show up honest in a way that feels right for you in the middle of your journey, you don't have to show up in the same way I am showing up. Like not every, nobody, not everybody is made to make a podcast and share all their story like this. You don't have to do it in this way, but in your way. Are you willing to show up authentic? Even if that authentic is saying, I'm not okay today. But if that is the way that you show up, show up like that. Because at least you're giving a glimpse into what's really going on in the middle of the journey. You know, I think some of the most painful times that I can look back on now is is asking people that I loved, how are you doing? And they say everything's fine for years and it's not fine. And I think that that's, a, that's one of the things that in my, my private life, I, I still, even though like I was showing up on, on social media a certain way and like showing up in a way that was presenting a more uh, a, a branded impression instead of letting more layers be peeled back, I was still showing up. And like looking back now, there were still moments that I was being as honest as I could at the time. But it really took me 
being completely stripped down and going through all that stuff before I was like, I have nothing to lose. Like I have been through the worst. What else could happen? You know, it's like I've been through it all. Like, so what if somebody unfollows me because they don't like that I'm going through things? So what if somebody decides that I'm not a good fit for them because they don't want to deal or because I my honesty confronts where they're hiding? At the end of the day, I show up as me and the ones that are meant for me flock to me because that's what I made for and that's what you're made for. So you show up as you, intentional, specific, strategic in a way where you can talk about your story in a way that's healthy and that's whole. I am not talking about showing up real and venting. Let me just get on this tangent real quick. You show up in your brand and you're venting on your Facebook and you are going off in a way that not only disrespects you, but disrespects people that you're talking about, disrespects people in the middle of your story, that is not what I'm talking about. That will very quickly disable your entire brand from having influence. The way that you show up in the middle of your story matters. The way that you talk about your story matters. The way that you show up in the middle of your story, it matters. The way that you allow people to see into your journey and your healing matters. There are reasons why I am vague about some details in my story because they are sacred and I treat them that way. And so I'm going to trust people with them in a certain way depending upon their closeness and that is wise and that is okay but when we show up in our stories and we bleed all over everyone because we want to feel vindicated we want to feel vindicated even though what we really are is being a victim like it hurts us and it's really messy and it gets all over other people and like I will be the first one to tell you I totally and completely have done that oh my goodness in major huge ways and like the people that stayed in my life I still I like I feel so grateful for them because I don't know if I would have kept me in my and like if I had met me in the middle of some of the stories that I was telling oh my goodness would I have kept me around I I didn't know how like I was hemorrhaging and I didn't know how to go to the hospital of the Holy Ghost and get some major mental health self-care there and all that stuff like I didn't know I really didn't know and now that now that I've walked out and matured and like I don't still I still don't have it together like I still don't know all the right things and all the right ways to do it but I'm going to show up in the middle of my story anyway and I'm going to show up in a way that is honorable to me and the people around me. And so I really believe that we can show up in the middle of like our personal brands and our brands and also share our stories. Like look at Oprah. Oprah's an amazing example of this. Like that woman has been through some things. And if you listen to the way that she talks about her story and the things that she's been through, she never disrespects herself. She's not bleeding because she's healed from feeling like a victim. And like there are times where we do feel like a victim before we get to the point of victorious. And that's not every time. But it's really important that we acknowledge and we're aware. Am I like, am I sharing this? Like what is, 
What is my intention behind sharing this? Do I want somebody to come come alongside of me and like, oh, woe is you. I'm so sorry this happened to you. Like, There's people in our life, in our private life, that are meant for that. But if you're using your personal brand to get other people to feel sympathy for you, it's not the way. Like, it's really not the way. But you can show up in the middle of your personal brand intentionally and specifically and strategically being honest with your journey. And that draws people to you because that's truth. And like I heard somebody say, the one who shows up with the most truth in the room shows up with the most power. Truth is extremely powerful. And that does not mean you have to share all those details. Like I said, there's some things that are for you and your husband only and you and your kids only and you and your family only. And that is okay. But showing up in the middle of your story and taking your narrative back and understanding you don't have to find your voice. You already have it. You just have to be encouraged and inspired to use your voice. And part of using your voice is taking back your narrative by saying, this is my story. This is what happened. This is me. I'm showing up. I'm going to show up with bruises. I'm going to show up with bandages. I'm going to show up glorious. I'm going to show up not put together sometimes. Sometimes my makeup is going to be smudged and my wing eyeliner is not going to match. But you know what? I'm still here to slay. Okay, like we have to acknowledge the fact that showing up in the middle of our story, our powerful stories, does not mean we have to show up perfect. And perfection steals from our stories. And the need to show up perfect is that performance mentality that says you have to show up in a certain way or you're not worthy. And I hear, I've heard this a lot working with business babes and I I still love them to death, but it hurts me to hear them say, I'm a perfectionist. When I hear that, the first thing I think of is you are performing because you are so scared of being seen. And if we are scared of being seen, our story loses its power. Because I can tell you 150,000%, I know that by showing up here in my podcast talking about my story, you are getting healed. I know that because that's how God works. It's not because I'm awesome. It's not because all the it's not like it's not because I'm here and I'm the best and I'm building an empire for myself. That's not why I'm here. Like it's because I understand the victor in the middle of my story. I understand that I don't carry the shame, condemnation, the pain of being divorced. If you ever met me, you would never know that I was divorced. You would never know what I've walked through because I don't carry those wounds because I got healed from that and I'm walking out my healing. And that doesn't mean there's not moments where sometimes there's a barking dog in the basement. This is what I tell the kids. I'm like, the devil's like a barking dog in the basement. And sometimes it's annoying as heck, but you just got to stomp your feet and shut that thing up because it lives there. It doesn't live in your living space. Okay. It's in the dark basement for a reason. And after a while, you got to lead that puppy right out. 
Sometimes it's hard because you don't want to go back down there. You don't want to put that collar around that dog's neck. But somewhere in the middle of your story, you're going to do it. And you'll pull him out and he'll never be back. So in the middle of our stories, I think sometimes we feel like we have to show up as presented. And it sucks because it leaves all the other women in journey looking in going, I don't see me at all in the middle of your perfectly polished everything. And like we look in on these like stories and these, these, um, you know, sometimes these social media people and we're like, I, I mean, I follow a couple girls that, that have kids. I call, follow a couple women that have twins and I just, I look on and I, and I know, I know for sure she doesn't always look like that. They're not always that put together. Like she's rocking out what she's doing. But I almost want to like knock on her like little window of Instagram and say like, no, like show me, show me you in a messy bun girl. Like show me, show me your, your, your couch full of like all these onesies that are, you're like folding. Like I want to see that part of your story too. And, and in the middle of these tough times where there's, you know, women and men going through mental health crisis I feel like if we can sit down and we can, like I was saying, be, be somebody that listens in the middle of those and we can acknowledge things that are happening and we don't over-spiritualize like things that are happening. Like There's things that are happening in our bodies and we need doctors and experts to help us, hormonal things, you know, all these different elements that are going on inside of our body. And yes, soul care helps those things heal and praying helps those things heal. But until those things are healed, why do we why don't we treat it as relevant as our arm being cut open and us needing stitches? And like this is where I, I saw a huge gap in Christianity, spirituality, and the prophetic culture is that we have seen and believe for healings and all these amazing things. And like I have seen and experienced radical spiritual healing point blank i've seen it i've experienced it i'll never forget i um one of my stories is i was having um oh gosh what was it like my equilibrium was off and so i i couldn't lift my head up if i lifted my head up my body felt like i was doing somersaults and it was like the weirdest thing. It came on completely suddenly. And anytime I have any issues at all, like the kids are sick, whatever, we go to the chiropractor. It's one of the first things that we do because chiropractic care is like so like undervalued. I feel like chiropractic care is so undervalued. I mean, the kids have been adjusted since they were little, like ongoing adjustments. I've seen chiropractic care help so much. So I went to the chiropractor and they started doing these techniques. Um, the doctor was like, yes, what, what's happened is like we have these like crystals in our inner hearing and sometimes these like little crystals break off and they throw off the equilibrium, yada, yada, yada. So I was doing these treatments. I was going back every couple days for like weeks and it was not getting better. And it was so frustrating because I couldn't even kiss Andre. Like I could not even kiss my husband because I have to look up to kiss him. And so I would look up and I would start feeling like this somersault and I couldn't lay down on my back. It was crazy. So it wasn't getting fixed at all. It was like not 
nothing was happening like she kept doing these techniques where you kind of you kind of move your body forward fast to kind of dislodge the crystal all the stuff nothing was working so Andre and I in the middle of all that having that we were going to this conference in South Carolina and it was just like you know amazing prophetic culture conference and in the middle of like the singing the worship time the speaker was like you know God's healing things right now if you want to be healed for something just reach out and take it and I was like you know, I would really like to be able to look up and kiss my husband. Like I would like to not feel like I'm doing somersaults. If I lift my head up, like it's extremely dangerous to even be driving when that's going on. And it was instantaneously gone. It completely and totally left. Like I never experienced that symptom ever again. And it was in that moment that I got healed. So like I've seen healing like that happen, but what, why I want to tell you this is because just like if there was something like that going on in our physical body, we would go to the doctor and like, yes, we believe God for healing. And yes, like we would contend for it. And yes, we would pray for it, but we would also go to the doctor. And like, I feel like with mental health, oh, I'm just dropping my phone now. Cause I'm getting all antsy about this. Not antsy, excited. Um, I, I feel like just like we would go to the doctor for something like that. Like if there's stuff going on with us, like mentally, emotionally, like we need to, go to a counselor we need to go and get tested to make sure that hormones aren't are aren't off and if they are do what we need to do still believe for the believe for the healing but take our bodies seriously enough to say this whatever is going on inside my body right now is affecting my mental health and i'm going to show up in the middle of that and i'm going to take this seriously so oh my gosh i am so glad that i was able to have this conversation with you there is so much to say about mental health like it is so important that you take care of yourself and there's no shame like there's no shame in getting tested there's no shame and if you're having you're having those moments where you're like you're feeling so blue or you're feeling super depressed like do not let another day go by if you are experiencing these things please get help like there is no shame in doing that and it is like the bravest people step out and go and get help so please do that if you need it and like do not worry about what people are going to think like don't even worry about you just go take care of you and you understand like that you are way too valuable than to sit in your moment alone and to sit in your your struggle alone in your anxiety alone like there's nothing wrong with educating yourself you need to be educating yourself you need to be taking this seriously because we need you whole your kids need you to show up whole your husband your spouse your brother your sister you are worth showing up whole like it is so important like i cannot stress it enough it is not okay that so many of our beautiful souls are suffering alone. So if that is you and you are struggling, first of all, you are not alone. And please do what you need to do. Go take care of you because that is the number one priority is to take care of you. Okay. I love you. Thank you so much for being here. So much love. And I cannot wait to continue more conversations like this more goofy fun, more life celebration. Like you're going to get it all here. So thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Okay. All right. Love you. Okay. Bye.